1: And by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianmedia.com. Glory to Jesus Christ, and welcome to Light
0: of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. For those of you who have listened to our program for any length of time, or if you are new to it, this program is dedicated to presenting the gifts of the Church, the two lungs of the Church as John Paul II would refer to it as, East and West, but primarily, of course, the gifts of the Eastern lungs of the Church, in other words, the Eastern rites of the Church. But whether East or West in the Catholic Church, there are, as we often say in this program, places where we ultimately all converge. And certainly one of those is in standing up for, articulating, defending what is right— what is right according to God's law, to natural law, to justice and peace and love and all that is good. So whether East or West, that is what we are dedicated to. Recently, EWTN, who carries this program and many of its affiliates across the country, for which we are honored and thankful for here at Light of the East, recently EWTN has filed a lawsuit in the name of and for the purposes of defending just what I mentioned, defending what is right and just according to God's law, defending the church, defending all that we are about. So we are honored today to have the CEO of EWTN on our program today, Light of the East. He is Mr. Michael Warsaw. Michael, welcome to Light of the East.
2: Thanks, Father. It's great to be with you. As I mentioned, I've been a regular listener to the program, so it's an honor for me to actually be a guest with you.
0: It's an honor for us to have you, and also we're honored that UW-10 carries our program Light like the East in so many places. Mr. Warsaw, why don't you take it from the top, explain to our listeners what's happening here, what has happened, and why this is
2: significant. Well, sure. Uh, obviously, uh, I'm, I'm sure most people have by now, over the last year or so, heard of the HHS mandate, uh, certainly something the Church has talked greatly about in the public square, um, and this is a, a dimension of the, the Affordable Care Act, the, the Obamacare health care plan. And under this mandate, uh, employer health care plans are required by the government to carry coverage for contraception, for voluntary sterilization, and for abortion-inducing drugs. So obviously these are grave, uh, gravely immoral practices and, and something that the Church simply cannot condone. Um, and so as a Catholic organization uh, that employs about 350 people, EWTN simply can't cooperate with the government in this mandate. So last year, right after the president announced uh, this, this particular rule, uh, EWTN filed a lawsuit then challenging the mandate and challenging it on the grounds that it is unconstitutional, that it's an unconstitutional intrusion by the government in EWTN's right of religious liberty and religious expression. And uh, so that lawsuit, unfortunately, uh, was dismissed in March of this year. And in ruling, the court basically said that uh, because the government had promised to establish some new rules uh, in the summer of 2013 that would, uh, in their belief, address the concerns that EWTN had raised, that that particular lawsuit at that time was not Uh, ripe for consideration by the court. Well, uh, the government did issue new rules in July, and unfortunately the new rules were simply worse than actually the original rules. Um, EWTN, along with 400,000 other people and entities, uh, filed formal comments with the government, and uh, our comments were ignored. Uh, They were not incorporated into any uh, of the government's response or the final rules that were put forward. And so, uh, essentially, we we were left with, again, no other choice but to file a lawsuit uh, challenging this mandate on, on a number of counts. And so that is the action we took uh, this week, uh, was to go back into federal court, uh, this time accompanied uh, as a co-plaintiff in our fight by the Attorney General of the state of Alabama, uh, who's very, very supportive of... Uh, our constitutional uh, rights in this area and, and really wants to help support EWTN in this regard.
0: Mr. Warsaw. how is it that you were able to get the st- state of Alabama, the Attorney General, to go along with you? And, th- and I think this is rather interesting in that a, uh, a, I'll use the word, a civil or secular entity, you know, an organization of a state, a government of a state, went along with a religious organization on this. How, how did that happen?
2: Well, exactly. Uh, it- Throughout our battle uh, last year and and into this year, uh, our our Attorney General, uh, Luther Strange, um, who is not a Catholic, uh, has been very supportive and and really understands, I believe, what's what's at stake. He understands the, the intrusion of the federal government here into EWTNs. Conscience rights. It's it's rather unique in that regard that the state constitution has, for such a long period of time, uh, had that provision. In addition, the state of Alabama over the years has has added to its legislative history and to its constitution uh, amendments and and laws which uh, protect religious freedom specifically, which prohibit uh, government from forcing individuals area of health care insurance from being forced to buy insurance which violates their rights of conscience. So the uh, Alabama is actually the only state in the union that goes that far in, in its uh, actual state constitution of protecting individual rights of conscience with regard to uh, health care insurance. And so uh, these are these are all rights that, that exist within uh, the state of Alabama. The attorney general's was that with this federal mandate the government has come in and, and essentially negated or or contravened the state law and uh, enforced uh, here a mandate that uh, requires EWTN uh, to include these practices and and these procedures in our health care insurance and that's direct uh, directly contradictory to the law of the state of Alabama so that that uh, it was really uh, why the Attorney General of Alabama has has stepped forward in in, in just such a public way and uh, in, in such a very supportive way by being a co-plaintiff with us in this lawsuit.
0: I, I find it interesting this, as you're as you're explaining this that the God's providence, the foresight that a Catholic TV network would be established in the Deep South in Alabama, and perhaps it was in God's wisdom, knowing that years later. We could never foresee this—that these two would align themselves together in what could have been the most significant legal battles of our time.
2: A- absolutely, you know um, that that thought has not been lost on me uh, over the last uh, many, many months that we've we've been dealing with this. And uh, you know, while Mother Angelica often said it was God's sense of humor uh, that, that led <laughs> to uh, EWTN being established in in probably one of the least Catholic uh, areas of our country, certainly at the time that she established the network. But it certainly is God's providence, and I think uh, uh, we do see that playing out uh, this week in, in, in this very action and in the support that we're
0: receiving from the state of Alabama. Part of what's going on here, as I understand, is that the government is deciding what institution, organization is so-called religious enough to qualify, right, or to be exempt.
2: Exactly that's a that's a major part of our uh, of our complaint uh, that was filed this week is that um, in the new rules, the government uh, essentially narrowed the definition of uh, religious employers and and basically confined uh, religious entities to churches or in the technical terms, their integrated auxiliaries. So an actual church, uh, a diocese, a religious order would fit those strict definitions, but an entity like EWTN for the government is not religious enough to qualify for the exemption. Now, I don't know you know, how EWTN could be more Catholic and more religious uh, in, in any way, shape, or form, but uh, clearly we, there's a problem when the government is looking at an entity like EWTN, and for that matter, many other religious uh, entities and organizations within the church, uh, the Little Sisters of the Poor, for example, who run uh, wonderful nursing and, and skilled care facilities for the elderly around our country, they also fall into this category, and they recently had to file suit as well to, to protect their rights. Um, but that's part of the problem with this entity, that that with this rule, uh, the government should not be in the in the position of deciding what entities. What the government has done is really to create a second class of of entity, organizations like EWTN or the Little Sisters or many many other church institutions, and and to say, well, you are not religious enough to qualify for an exemption, but you can have an accommodation. We will we will allow you to not have to pay for these procedures directly as part of your insurance coverage, uh, but you must facilitate your insurance carrier or administrators' provision of these services to your employees. And you must also facilitate the communication and education about the availability of these procedures and services by this third party. Uh, Well, essentially, that's a shell game. It's simply a a gimmick and a a fig leaf, as we say in the the complaint we filed, um, that, that just doesn't change the morality of the situation. that that EWTN, as a religious employer, as a faith-based organization, as an organization that for three decades has been
0: turn, we're going to talk more about this issue, this very, very significant issue, this pivotal issue and action taken by EWTN when we return. I am Father Thomas Loya. Our special guest today is Michael Warsaw, CEO and Chairman of EWTN on Light of the East.
1: Light of the East's mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support in order to keep Light of the East on the air. You can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep light of the East's illumination bright. Now to the Vatican and the surprising comments by Pope Francis sending shockwaves through the Catholic Church this morning.
0: Hello, I'm Father Thomas J. Loya. Now, I know that many of you feel confused, beleaguered, or at a complete loss as to how to articulate or defend the Church's teaching on some of the really hot-button issues of our times. Well, join me for breakfast and listen to my talk on the sexual issues of our day and the Catholic response.
1: Cassidy Lynn Campbell is one of five students in the running for homecoming queen. She's the school's first transgender teen nominated to the court.
0: Join Father Loya Saturday, November 23rd at 9.30am at the Lexington House in Hickory Hills, Illinois. This event is
1: sponsored by Catholics Transforming Culture. Saturday, November 23rd. The Lexington House is at 9717 West 95th Street in Hickory Hills. Register at TC at EventBright.com. CatholicsTC at EventBright, E V E N T B R I T E.com.
0: You're listening to Father Thomas Lawyer on Light of the East. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. On a very special program today, we're talking about the lawsuit filed by EW10 on October 28th in federal court against the Department of Health and Human Services, HHS Secretary Kathleen Sebelius, and other federal agencies. Agencies seeking to stop the government from imposing the HHS contraception mandate as well as asking the court to find that it is unconstitutional. And the state of Alabama, through its Attorney General Luther Strange has joined EW10 as a co-plaintiff in the lawsuit. And telling us about this is the CEO and chairman of EW10, Mr. Michael Warsaw. Uh, Michael, I kind of sold you just a little bit short here, because not only are you the EW10 chairman and CEO, but you're also a publisher of the National Catholic Register, correct?
2: That's right. That's right. Yes, when we we acquired the register a couple of years ago now, I I also uh, became the publisher of a newspaper, so uh, in my spare time.
0: (laughs) So EW10 acquired the newspaper.
2: That's correct. That's correct, yes. Yeah, it's been a wonderful addition to uh, the EWTN apostolate, and uh, I, I, thanks be to God we've been able to do some uh, great things, I think, with the Register and, and make it a, a viable uh, source of, of information again. Uh, so uh, if, if people
0: are not subscribed or you're not aware of the Register, then uh, they should check that out. Michael, where do things stand right now? I mean, this this whole the whole Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act and so on is like minute by minute, it seems like, in the news. So there's even – I think there's even like – as we speak, as, as this program is being recorded, I believe I heard today that there's even another six weeks extension on something, some aspect of it. But where do things stand right now in, in this regard, the HHS mandate?
2: Right. Well, the clock – on the, with regard to the HHS mandate, specifically, the clock still is ticking and is still running, though the president delayed uh, – earlier in the year, delayed certain of the mandates, the employer mandate, the, the portion of the law that requires – uh, employers to provide insurance coverage for uh, individual for their employees um, he, any of these delays, none of these delays I guess I should say have affected the implementation of the HHS mandate um, so while the government has tried to sort of uh, obfuscate some of this and, and and hide some of this, the reality is that the mandate uh, that we are under and, and all of us uh, Catholic and, and religious entities are under continues. And so for EWTN, uh, we would be, under the terms of the law now, would be subject to this mandate as of July 1st of 2014. For many other organizations, they'll they'll be subject to it much earlier than that. And so uh, there, there is no delay any longer, and, and it is something that uh, we, we have to work uh, to stop. And, and that's obviously what we we're trying to
0: do by turning to the courts. Now, let's say that the lawsuit does not go in your favor? What then? What happens then?
2: Well, uh, EWTN has absolutely no intention of complying with the mandate. Uh, we, we simply cannot do that. We simply will not do that. The mission of EWTN is non-negotiable, and uh, we will not compromise on that. Um, the other side of that is that you know e- EWTN is not looking to its employee insurance program Uh, we believe that as an employer uh, we have a responsibility to provide for our employees and their families Uh, and we do so with uh, a very generous and very Catholic health insurance program Uh, and so we we certainly hope that there's a way that we can uh, continue to offer that while we're certainly very optimistic that the courts uh, will find in our favor uh, we realize that there's a possibility that, that they may not. And so we are prepared uh, to move forward and to resist the mandate uh, in whatever ways we can. The danger of that is that built into this law are, are very, very stiff penalties. And uh, it, it essentially has in it a, a death penalty for businesses. And, and that is this, that if you continue to offer a plan that the government deems is not uh, acceptable, and and a plan that did not include these services, contraception, voluntary sterilization, and abortion-inducing drugs, would be deemed by the government to be a non-acceptable plan. The government has the capacity to fine you as an employer $100 per employee per day. For EWTN, that would amount to some $12 million in in fines in the first year. Hmm. So there's a a huge risk uh, here, but it's, it's one that, we're willing to take in terms of, of standing up and resisting uh, this. And, and, you know, the, the president has said publicly for many years now um, his desire that under this law people could uh, continue to maintain the health insurance carriage that they have, the coverage that they have. Um, but clearly what the government has done is to create an incentive for employers like EWTN uh, to drop that health care coverage. Uh, if we were to stop providing health care coverage for our employees and to put them onto the public exchanges then allow them to fend for themselves, um, EWTN would be fined uh, about $750,000. So, clearly, the, the the economic incentive for businesses is to, uh, rather, than, rather than continuing to, to move forward with a plan that's objectionable to the government, Lawsuits that have been filed, and all but one of those were uh, dismissed by the courts to date um, without ever considering the merits of the case. They were all dismissed on procedural and technical grounds, largely, as I mentioned earlier, uh, because the government had a, a promised new rules that would address the concerns that many of us have, and, and obviously the government didn't do that. But what's more, um, uh, uh, hopeful for us is is as we look at the for-profit lawsuits. Um, there have been uh, a number of, uh, in fact, 39 uh, to date, uh, for-profit companies who filed suit uh, these individual employers who are people of, of uh, conscience who, who object to providing this as well in their for-profit company insurance plans. Um, of those 39, 30 have been granted injunctions. So there were 30 cases in which judges looked at this on the merits and said, this is unconstitutional. The government cannot do that. That's a, that's a great source of hope for us. The, the most prominent of those cases is of course the Hobby Lobby case, which, which people may have heard of Mm -hmm. um, the, the the large, large employer who would have been subject uh, to billions and billions of dollars in fines, um, from the government. Um, The owners of that company are not Catholic, but they they object very strenuously to the abortion-inducing drug requirement. Um, They actually want a a landmark case at the appeals court level, and the government has now appealed that case to the U.S. Supreme Court. uh, So we anticipate that that case may get before the U.S. Supreme Court uh, sometime this term, and that would be
0: We just have about another minute available, uh, Mr. Warsaw. So, you know, we're very proud, very proud about uh, what EW10 is doing. We're very proud here at Light of the East and want to encourage you. So what can you tell us here at Light of the East and also our listeners? What can you tell us about helping? What can we do for this?
2: Well, first and foremost, pray. People need to pray for the success of this lawsuit and the many other lawsuits that are out there. And really to pray for a change of heart on the part of, of the administration and the government that they will uh, come to see that uh, there is no benefit and no public interest that is served by uh, abrogating the rights of people to freedom of religious expression. And so that prayer dimension is, is, I think, first and foremost. Secondly, people need to keep informed and to reach out and to be faithful citizen and to be strong voices in the public square against this. Contact uh, their legislators and, and the government, and, and to, to really push back against this, and let people in office know that this is something that we are all concerned about, and that we will not, as Catholics, stand for this intrusion and, and for this assault,
0: ultimately, on life. Well, I want to thank you, Mr. Warsaw, for being with us on our program today, and also I want to thank you at EWTN for all that you're doing for. Well, the whole Catholic world, for the world itself, for the Lord, and also for us here at Light of the East. Thanks again for being with us, and you definitely will be in our prayers. God bless. My pleasure. Thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media.